0: Listen in the old bio, Find your favorite fishing boat we'll Find out where's the next honey hole Only
1: on the top rod fishing shore.
0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Kane Radio's Fishing and Hunting Show. I'm Tony Landry along with Ricky Watkins. Morning, Rick.
1: Good morning, Tony.
0: Anyway, for our weekly fishing and hunting show, and welcome to Kane Radio, FM BAM 1075 and AM 1240. And the purpose of the show, as always, is to keep our listeners updated with fishing and the hunting in the area, along with Louisiana, and stories around the USA and the world. And, Rick, uh, these are the fine people, the reason we're here each Friday morning.
1: You're right, Tony. We've got to thank our sponsors, Alamo Hydraulics, Doors Heating and Cooling, Coca-Cola, The Quarter Tavern, and Home Run Pizza.
0: And uh, if you'd like to give us a call, of course, uh, you got to remember to dial that area code, 337. The number is 367-1240. You can also listen to us online at www.kane.com. 1240.com anywhere in the world if you have an Alexa just say Alexa play Kane 1240. You can also listen to Kane on any accessible internet device. We're live here at the studios at 107 West Main Street here in New Iberia next to Victor's Cafeteria which is open. Yep. But also we'll let the folks know uh, you know with the gumbo cook off this weekend yeah. they got a lot of people setting up tents they have to park. It. That's right. So you got to remember parking's kind of tight right now to uh, if you're coming downtown. Anyway, Rick, uh, freshwater, saltwater fishing was shaking, my man.
1: Tony, I, talking to a couple of my friends a while ago. I stopped and got me a little drink before uh, coming to the show this morning. Uh, he's been fishing on, on the saltwater side out at the uh, commercial canal. Uh, I don't want to give up his spot. But anyway, with these fronts coming in, they, they're starting to catch some nice redfish. I guess they they venture out into these little pockets or holes, you know, right there in the commercial canal. And he told me that he did very well, uh, last, last Friday or last Thursday, last Friday. And, uh, and on the freshwater side, the basin is still, uh,
0: Boy, it's flatline.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, but it's, I'm talking about fishing wise Tony it's, it's still good. Uh, I know hunting season, you know, the split is, it's in the split right now for duck season, but, uh, since hunting season has started, well, really, since the water stayed low, Tony, the fishing has just been phenomenal in the basin, uh, and, and it's still good, and I'm going to try to go back uh, this Sunday and make another trip. But um, as far as, you know, the lake, I haven't been to the lake. Like I said, right now, usually it's just the opposite, Tony. When the water's high, I fish the lake a lot, and then when the water's low in the basin, uh, I stay in the basin. And uh, the fishing right now has just been so good in the basin, it's unreal.
0: What's working for you, Rick, for uh, some of our listeners who mm-hmm. want to go out there and try their luck?
1: Tony, I've been going put down at, at Miette Point, and I've been fishing Sherrington some. We'll fish Sherrington a while and then venture out go down to Miette Point because you cannot. Well, I can't say you can't get out of Sherrington right now if you've got an airboat, but, I mean, you know, it's kind of tough to bass fish out of an airboat. Uh, but anyway, we've been throwing I- anything to deal with, like, a crawfish pattern, uh, some on a crankbait, some on a plastic, and uh, and, and a couple of little baits that, that kind of mimic a, a shad because, the, the, you know, the the fish know that the cooler weather's coming, so they're starting to feed up on shad, you know, so those kind of baits has been doing real well.
0: And, you know, something else I, I saw on, um, I don't know if it was the news or maybe uh, on uh, one of these social media accounts that, up north, uh, around Memphis and St. Louis, the Mississippi River is so low. Some of the barges are yeah. having trouble oh, yeah. negotiating the river. Right. I mean, that's how uh, shallow the river yeah. is north of us. And here, it's mm-hmm. it's we're all right. We still have a little high water. Yeah. I know. Uh, I went to, uh, out of town uh, last week, and the the water at uh, Calumet was still high. Yeah, you know, it hadn't come down yet, and uh, you could see that. But uh, uh, for folks, uh, yeah, and like we said. Basically, the 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 uh, at Butler Rose, the River Stage. Of course, the bridge is out at Butler Rose. Yeah, <laughs> you can't take the yeah. levee bridge. Right, uh, it's been out for some, quite a, some time. The, yeah, they're building a new one, and the road there is just yeah. about finished being repaired near well, uh, Henderson. Thank goodness. Where yeah. they had that one lane that that's you, been
1: out, Tony, for what two years? Oh, three? it's been a while. Yeah, yeah with Maybe the stoplight, yeah. you
0: know. And it's just about completed. Hopefully, uh, in the next uh, few months, maybe by the first of the year, yeah. they'll have that all finished, so where you can make that drive all the way from. Uh, and they're
1: still draining uh, Henderson, Tony. Was I that, think they you are. Yeah. that you telling me that you uh, passed across and it yeah. was low, or maybe yeah. somebody else was telling me? Yes, they sure have. And I and, think uh, they're still draining uh, Lake Martin. Lake too. Martin, that yeah. is correct. Yeah.
0: Anyway, but uh, for, it's a little under five feet right now. It re- looks like it's going to remain that way all the way to the 18th of October. Right. right now it's 4.7, 4.8 feet, somewhere yeah. in there. And, so Tony, you know,
1: people like me that love to fish the basin, that's why I'm trying to get all of my, so say, pack my trips in, you know, because uh, once she starts rising, that's, that'll be it for the year, you know. Oh,
0: you're right about that. Yeah. And that's, uh yeah, we're still a few months away. Yeah, ho-
1: well, hopefully about another month, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Anyway,
0: uh, also uh, good news for you, fishermen. Man, I got good news all the way around this morning. Yeah. Uh, Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Fisheries, uh, uh, Secretary Jack uh signed a declaration of emergency to reopen the recreational red snapper season for eight extra days. Yeah, I've seen that. And the reason uh, we'll, uh, the season will open from twelve oh one a.m. this morning at meaning at uh, midnight uh, to, uh, this morning night. Yep, uh, last this morning. night this yep. morning uh, through October the seventh, uh, uh, they say here. Uh, or October the 14th, that's 7th, that was this morning when it opened. Yeah. And uh, along with the eight-day uh, reopening, bag limits were increased to four fish per person. Yeah. And, of course, it closed on September 19th allow the staff to opportunity to uh, yeah. analyze the harvest. And they're
1: looking for what, Tony, around 40,000
0: pounds? That's correct. Yeah. Just a shade under 40,000, 39,216. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we'll see. You, you got some opportunities. Of course, a lot of the red snapper around here caught off of Grand Isle generally. But with the conditions over yeah. there with the storm last year and all, uh, it's, it's made things pretty tough for yeah. those people to get their lives back in order.
1: So, Tony, it kind of tells me if they reopen it and up in the uh, fish count, you know, the uh, catch quota to one, which a total of four, they must have a lot of rest now, which, yeah. is, which is a good thing. Yeah, and, you yeah. know, talking you
0: to know. people over the years, it, it had been uh, really stressed. Pretty bad, maybe 15, 20 years ago with the red snapper, but making a good comeback, yeah. you know, because of these uh, quotas they put on them. That's right. Also, the flounder season is going to close October 15th to November 30th for commercial and recreational uh, fishermen. So, uh, Anyway, I uh, want to mention that to people. So, uh, But, you know, it's kind of tough, Rick, when you're fishing the bottom, and a, and a flounder bites on you, pull him up, and uh, yeah. you, you want to keep him, but oh, yeah. they, they tell you you better throw him back because if the agents yeah. catch you with now, one. Now, Tony, is
1: that statewide? I, I do believe Fresh so. and salt? Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to be. Yeah,
0: as far as I okay, know. Okay,
1: because the reason I'm saying is, believe it or not, I have caught flounder in Lake Dothree. Really? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I guess you could, yeah. Anyway, the, the, the season is necessary to uh, close to attempt to recover the stock of the southern flounder, okay, well, which, is, that, that would be which basically yeah. is overfished, you yeah. know. Uh, yeah, you So right. the results of the recent flounder assessment uh, at their March meeting uh, last year uh, or yeah. ish, earlier now, this year. Now, Tony, you
1: told me that stuffed flounder is very, very good. <laughs> yeah. I, I've never ate that. I, I, I want to try it one of these days. And, uh yeah, a lot of stuff. It was shrimp, crab. I mean, pretty well, much anything. It would be good. Huh? Let
0: me put a plug in for one of our uh, sponsors uh, for the Pocket Guide Seminole's has uh, uh, flounders and catfish stuff with crab or right. shrimp. I'm or have to go check it. Anything out. of that nature, and it's back in one of the coolers, right? Towards oh, well, the back in the off end. Off door right? Yes, okay. and uh, it's uh, they got a great selection. Right. There you go. And uh, prices are really uh, generous, too, okay. for that matter. I'm Have to go over there. That's right. Anyway, the Wildlife and Fisheries Commission met yesterday. Uh, uh, and they, they were talking about the receive and consider a notice of intent to modify the spotted sea trout. We always know the spotted yeah, sea speckle, trout is speckled speckle trout yep. and bag limits and all, and also to receive and consider a notice of intent to modify the man regulations in regards to abandonment of purse-send uh, gear. So uh, we'll see. We're going to talk about that uh, now in that uh, when they met yesterday, Uh, The Louisiana Wildlife and Fisheries Commission adopted a notice of intent to increase the minimum size of the uh, speckled trout to 13 inches, folks. Okay. And that's total length. Uh, The current is 12 inches with a minimum length right now. And they have decided to decrease the catch from 25 to 15 in the daily bag limit. Modifications in this rule create one statewide size and bag limit because you remember over in Cameron Parish, they did have a size and also a uh, uh, a lower count. That's right, a lower count of 15, I do believe. So we're pretty much matched up with that now. So, during the last two and a half years, you know, we've been waiting for this for a long yeah. time, too. I'm
1: telling you what they're looking to do is kind of like a slot. It's not a slot, but it's kind of like a slot. It so, is. what you're doing, you want to raise your numbers, which you're not going to be able to keep a 12 inch fish. And trust right. me, when you start, uh, you know, fishing. For those 13, you know, is it 13 inches now?
0: Yeah, 13 and a half
1: All right, so when you start trying to catch a 13 and a half fish, you're going to catch a lot of 12-inch oh, fish. Oh, I which agree. You, it's <laughs> going to hurt you to throw it back, but you got right. to because what happens. They're going to catch you with it. Yeah, you know, well, not, well, that's better. What they're trying to do is bring the numbers of the trout up. So that's right. That's a good thing. That's yep.
0: right, and I agree. And during the last two and a half years, years, Wildlife and Fisheries has held eight public meetings across the state, issuing multiple surveys to the public and collected hundreds of public comments on the top. And basically, uh, this uh, the uh, Jason Adrian's uh, said that I really appreciate the effort of the anglers for taking time to provide valuable input oh, yeah. during our meetings. And we both know yep. Rick, the guys in this area; they take a customer out and they catch. Uh, uh, 25 specs and they make sure that pers- the guy catches 25 yeah. is, uh, yep. his person uh, out there catches 25. And then he goes back in the afternoon yeah. the evening and ca- you know, that's a hundred specs. It's 200 filets. That's right. I mean, that's, you mean, that's a lot of fish. It is Tony. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you eat speckle trout twice a week. That's, yeah. that's a lot. You yeah. Know? I don't think you will. You know, yeah. So, uh, anyway. But uh, so it looks like that's all coming to fruition where we're going to see the spotty tr- sea trout, 13 and a half inches now, yeah. the length, with a daily limit of 15. Yeah. So uh, it should help uh, it's, a good bit. It's here. It's yeah. here, and it's finally. It took them a while, but it oh, finally it got here. Oh, yeah. They kept tabling it, yeah. tabling it, tabling it. Yes. Finally, uh, it's here. Also, the Wildlife and Fisheries Commission adopted a notice of intent to develop a uh, Maine Hayden regulations. You know, before yep. uh, down in the uh, uh, east of us, we've seen those big boats, man, who commercially go in there and catch sweep them Manhattan- up. Yep. And, and go, they have a basically a quarter mile limit, uh, uh, and it needs to be a, probably a mile because that's the speckled trout's uh, buffer. Yeah, that's right. You know, that's their uh, 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 great meal for them, and uh, the. The commercial fishermen trying to make a living, we yeah. understand. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, these people uh, uh, were all up in the bayous right. and the streams and all. Yeah. And, uh, and they got to areas where they turn up the dirt and the mud and everything else. So, uh, anyway, they're going to prohibit abandoning Manhattan, per se and gear during the course of the fishing operations while on the water and establish a 48-hour window to remove all gear before it's considered abandoned established markings requirements for gear that is released to facilitate retrieval and warn of navigational hazards uh, by the release gear so uh, anyway um, it's interesting that they're finally going to make some moves on this and I'm hoping that maybe even over a period of time they make those commercial fishermen with the big nets move out even a little bit more yes sir. so uh, hopefully that'll all come to uh, fruition in that uh, matter so we're hoping uh, that the Louisiana Wildlife Fisheries are finally listening to the people out there, Rick. You know, uh, and the the, yeah. the the recreational fishermen. Um. Yeah. You know, if your voice isn't heard, you know, don't complain. Yeah. Yeah. Get out there and, and voice your opinion. That's why I'm glad,
1: Tony, that most of you well, all of your southern states came back to the state instead of letting the federal, you know, letting that's the feds right. take care of everything. Cause that's right. I just think the state knows better.
0: Not mm. only they know better, yeah. but they, they're around more, and they yeah. see it, and the feds. And they, and they know. take more local guys' input. Yeah, yeah that, right. that's correct. And uh, yeah. it's helped out with the red snapper. It's helped out with other fisheries uh, in that regard. So even though we have uh, times when you got to – uh, stop catching certain fish. Uh, and it's just to help the, uh, keep the fish band, uh, right. abundant, I should say. Yeah, and uh, take some and, pressure and, off of them. Yeah. yeah, and it's a lot of pressure. You know, we've seen that with even crabbing. You know, uh, they've uh, suppressed that with yeah. the stress on the crabs. And it makes a and, difference. And they pull it back. Yeah. You know? Let them grow. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And, you know, some of these people, that don't even throw back these one-inch, two-inch little crabs. I mean, that's pitiful. Yeah. Yeah. You better not get caught with it. Oh, I know, but it's still pitiful. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Louisiana Wildlife and Fisheries now is accepting applications for two December women's fishing uh, one-on-one workshops, and basically what the workshops cover a variety of skills to help make fishing more enjoyable. The biologists and aquatic volunteer instructors will train 15 women per event in fish identification. They'll also be teaching the best fish handling practices, preparing fishing equipment, basic fishing skills, as well as cleaning, storing, and cooking fish. Participants will be randomly selected for uh, the winter of 2022 and the spring of 2023 workshops, receive an opportunity to apply their skills. And from what I understand, it went so well that they're putting it on again, and I'm, I won't be surprised that they do it maybe during the year four or five times. Mm-hmm. The workshop? Because, uh, yeah. yeah. They, it's, the participation is miss, Good. Uh, it's jammed up. Oh, so yeah. uh uh hopefully these uh these ladies there's a uh, lot of
1: ladies nowadays oh, yeah. tony uh oh, 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 and i'm not very good fishing. picking on nobody but they they love to fish oh, and, and they hear good. more and more you know as i talk to them oh i love to fish mr rick you know and uh
0: oh, and they're very so they, good they get sure. and they fish oh yeah anyway uh these workshops have gone really well and uh the applicants will not be reviewed even till after the deadline is closed your application process uh uh opened on the third of october so uh Anyway, and it's going to close Friday, October the 28th. So you got some time to get in there, and it's, while not required to register, participants must possess a valid uh, Louisiana fishing license to participate in the workshop. But yeah. it's, they only allow 15 or so, so uh, ladies, if you want to get involved, yeah. Uh, and then some
1: of them, Tony. I, I, it's kind of funny. He said, "Oh no, I, I don't like fishing. I couldn't bait my hook." I said, "Well, uh, you know, I wear like gloves. to fish. I like to fish, but I can't. You know, I said, wear well, some latex gloves. That's part of fishing. You got to bait your hook. You know, yeah, if they
0: were, just wear some of those latex yeah, gloves right? and put your put your worm or your bait or shrimp. So, yeah, or they don't they don't whatever. like swimming with them. Oh yeah. yeah, you know, just crickets, whatever you you yep. want to do." Anyway, also, uh, before we take our first break, the Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries announced also the 2023 derelict crab trap cleanup. Volunteers and sponsors are needed, and the Louisiana Department uh, will host its annual derelict crab trap rodeo volunteer cleanup this February uh, coming up, meaning in about four months and encourage volunteers and sponsors. And what they try to do, that's one of the times they they go out and try to relieve the stress on the crabs, pick up all those traps. And, you know, commercial uh, uh, – fishermen uh, with crabbing have uh they're supposed their, to be tagged that's it? right yeah. that's right so uh, if you got uh, fish out there you better make sure that you pick up your uh your your uh, crab traps and yes. all yes, because sir. they got a nice fine on that too if you don't do it oh yeah and i know there are a lot of people and remember they have limits on the number of crabs you can catch for individuals yeah. you know if you might go i know when i was younger we'd go out there uh near Avery island and uh, throw from the bridge and things like that. And, oh, yeah. And it was a lot of fun back then. You can catch, yeah, you can catch a good dozen crabs in no time, pretty full, and too. And then,
1: too, Tony, they tell me, uh, let's see, in Marsh Island, <clears throat> by the dam when the mm-hmm. shrimp, when the shrimp is right. running, you that's can mop, right. mop up on the shrimp. Yeah, you can use a throw net. Yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> Basically, yeah. you catch the shrimp. And uh, it's a little work, but it's, it's you're going to get your share. I can assure you. So, uh, anyway, removing abandoned crab traps is a wet and di- dirty job. But volunteers should wear appropriate clothing, and and water-resistant gear. Volunteers should bring their own personal flotation device, which should be worn at all times while in the water. So, uh, anyway, uh, it's one of those things, and it's uh, it's worked out pretty well over the years too, uh, Rick. Right. So, uh, and it's a time to relieve the stress on the crab and. Uh, because, you know, I, I believe as much as I love shrimp, I, I, I love crabs even more. You crabs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When my father was alive when I was a youngster, he's either barbecue ate or crabs. A oh, yeah. oh, very much so. Very much so. So, uh, anyway, uh, let's go ahead and take our first break. Uh, you're listening to Kane Radio's Fishing and Hunting Show here on FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more right after this.
2: Locally owned and operated, Alamo Hydraulics serves the oil business on the national scene. Specializing in welding, grinding, and hard chrome plating, Alamo also does fabrication work on cylinders, valves, pumps, and motors of all brands. Located at 2712 West Admiral Doyle Drive, you can call Chris Williamson at 303-3799. That's Alamo Hydraulics, a proud sponsor of the Cane Fishing and Hunting Show. Everyone loves pizza, and everyone loves a home run. Put them together, and you have home
0: run pizza. And yes, right here in New Iberia. Located at 3816 East Old Spanish Trail, it's New Iberia's newest takeout pizza. And delivery is available. Dough is made fresh each day, and you get an assortment of toppings. Try the Grand Slam, the Double Play, or Mr. Meaty. They're all home runs at Home Run Pizza. 256-5783. That's 256-5783.
2: We have a new player on the field, and he's ready for kickoff with a delicious ice-cold Coca-Cola. And the kick. Ice giving him a little trouble as a few cubes shake loose. He's probably going to pour it here, and he does. The glass is full. Can he go all the way? He did it! Oh, wow! And just listen to that fizz! That might have been the most refreshing thing that I've ever seen. Woo! Coca-Cola. Taste the feeling.
0: A new Carrier Heating and Air Conditioning System from Dahl's Heating and Cooling can save you money every month. Thanks to the newest line of Carrier Energy Efficient Technology products, you can lower your utility bill. Don't forget to ask about the cool cash savings through your local Carrier dealer. Turn to the Carrier experts at Dahl's Heating and Cooling. Call Dan, you're my AC man today at 337-367-2511. That's
2: 337-367-2511, license number 6286. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. This Sunday, it's Gerald Grun again, Gentili Zadico from 4 to 6 after the Saints game. Join us again on Thursday, another round of bingo beginning at 7. Remember, never cover at the Quarter Tavern. 19 TVs has you covered for the Saints and LSU and no bar with more outdoor seating. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main, across from McDonald's. The best drink prices into Barry. And don't forget, now serving fresh fruit margaritas and daiquiris. Quarter Tavern. The hits of the 60s, 70s. 80s, Kane 1075 AM 1240 and streaming at Kane1240.com.
0: Welcome back to Kane Radio's fishing and hunting show here. Uh, Rick, you know, uh the hunting seasons it's here. Bullshit uh, yeah. that's right. And uh, basically the pre-charged pneumatic devices may be used to hunt deer during the modern firearm season only, and though those devices, air guns that fires projectiles such as arrows or bolts. Uh, may be used by hunters only during the modern firearm season, beginning with the 22-23 season. The uh, Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries stated the legislature approved the use of these devices during the 2022 session. The pre-charged pneumatic device, uh, devices include air guns with unignited compressed air and other gases that are mechanically pressurized without involving any uh, chemical reactions. The device must fire projectile of at least uh, 30 caliber in diameter and at least 150 grains in weight with a minimum muzzle velocity of 800 feet per second or a combination of a bullet weight and muzzle velocity that produces muzzle energy of at least 215 foot-pounds of energy. Arrows or bolts must have well-sharpened head and points for questions concerning the, the use of these devices. You can contact your local uh, Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries regional office or go to the website and pull it up, right. and maybe you can give somebody a call. But uh, these pneumatic uh, devices, uh, just uh, only uh, during the modern firearm season, for that matter. You know, Rick, I saw this. I was going to talk about this last week, but we were jammed up last week with odds and ends, and... Uh, You know, the one uh, bird that you don't hear people talk about much anymore is the bobwhite, the quail, Quail. you know. And the quail uh, are small birds that prefer walking more than flying, and they're native to many areas in the U.S., including uh, Louisiana the southeastern states. Uh, Bobwhites are the only members of the quail family that naturally inhabit the southeast. And these birds, mostly reddish-brown, have small amounts of black and brown, gray, white through their bodies. And they, they each have a dark stripe originating at their beak and running through the eye, the base of the skull, you know, that little whippoorwill they have. Right. And uh, it's easy to distinguish a bobwhite males from females. Males have more prominent white patches on their throats, just above the dark facial stripe. And in females, those areas are light brown or tan. The average adult Bob White weighs about five point six to six point three ounces. Yeah. You know, and if you've ever eaten quail, mm-hmm. it's a good eating it's, bird it's a good too. E- yeah, it is. Yeah, and the name comes to the most recognized call, which is Bob White. Yeah. You know, you hear him calling, and in the wild, the average lifespan—I didn't realize this—less than a year. Really? I—I I never would have guessed that. I guess other predators get yeah. hold of them. Yeah. You know, with foxes and coyotes and things of that nature, but before they get into side of. A, a a thicket or anything like that you you can't get them or you can't get to them and, right uh, these quail live similar to turkeys in that they spend majority of their time on the ground and prefer walking as their main mode of travel they are however capable of flying and they're known to burst into flight at great speed when approached by hunters or other predators like turkeys uh, bob white quail uh, lay eggs in ground nests too and, uh, you know, if you've ever eaten, a uh, uh, quail, uh, quail eggs, eggs, they're really good. Yeah, especially. I, like them totally. yeah, I they mean, uh, yep. man, they can yeah. be really good too. Yeah, they sure. Are. Uh, and they're small in stature, uh, you know, they're like a, they're almost like an Easter egg, you know, a little small Easter egg That's that right. you see, uh, wrapped up. Their main food sorts as, uh, are seeds, nuts, berries, but breeding females also eat insects. Young quail uh, insects make up a vast majority of their diet to turning to seeds, nuts berries once they 're about sixteen weeks old, and their population decline I, I mean I, as a kid, I can remember the, the the quails uh you know with their bob white you know their little whistle and all. And quail populations have declined greatly throughout the South in the past several decades. Changes in habitat and agricultural practices are responsible for most of the decline. Almost every meat-eating animal and even fire ants prey on quail. Yeah. Didn't know that. Yeah. The deck is clearly stacked against these little birds. And uh, they're, they're a great bird, Rick, too. Uh, the bobwhite quail are highly regarded as game birds. And most hunting for them is done on preserves that raise the birds and control settings, then release them in the wild just before each hunt. They are hunted with dogs, which sniff out their birds, alert the hunters to their presence, then flush the birds into flying. And in Louisiana, the Fort Polk Wildlife Management Area and uh, on Ridge have a good quail habitat. But around here, you know, you used to see them often, and hunters often refer to Bob White's as the gentleman's Bob. Yeah. Uh, and the birds have spent much of their time in groups of 8 to 20. Uh, birds called coveys, your covey or quail, and when roosting, uh, they form circles with each bird facing outward. This allows them to detect threats from all angles, which prompt the whole covey to take flight all at once. And, you know, Rick, it's a great-eating bird. It's, it's, yeah. it's a shame that uh, something couldn't be done to help uh, with their resurgence uh, because it's a good-eating bird, fun to hunt. And uh, I, I can't tell you around here if I've seen any quail. It's been lately. a while, Tony. Yeah, you know, you just see them a lot. Yeah. yeah, you did. You did. And uh, just the – you know the coyote population has really exploded yeah. in this area and i know when we used to uh hunt rabbits out near jefferson island years ago uh you just don't see any of the little brown rabbits anymore either yep. i mean they used to hide in the thickets from the coyotes but the coyotes now uh oh, oh yeah. they're chasing them down all over
1: yeah and the cottontails is just about one that's them right
0: out. another big a bigger rabbit yep. you know so uh anyway it's just sad to see that and uh Hopefully one day uh, they can address that, uh, you know, because the doves are really popular now. Oh, yeah. I mean, I have them in my backyard, uh, yeah. you know, all the time. Yeah, uh, you know, when
1: we go to Miett Point, on, uh, once you pass Sherrington, it's all, you know, open field. and It's full of doves. Totally oh, yeah. They sit on the high lines, and you see them flying, you know. Yep. It's, uh, hella, it's They have it, a lot,
0: yeah. You're right about that, too. Anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I'd like to see the quail come back a little bit too, a uh, good-eating bird. and
1: uh, Yeah, like you said, Tony, you'd almost have to have a, uh, somebody to take over, you know, a large piece of property and just put, like, quail habitat on there yeah. to, uh, to bring them back. you know. got to
0: keep out the coyotes. Yeah, hard that, would, that would be tough. You know, it's, uh, it's just sad. Anyway, five men cited for shrimping violations in the Rockefeller Refuge. Uh, the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Enforcement Agent cited five men for allegedly recreational shrimping violations there and that was between september 27th and the first of october they had a 38 year old from st martinville for uh taking over the limit of shrimp uh on october 1st agents cited a 70 year old from generat you know, a 53 year old from abbeville and another 57 year old from abbeville and a 50 year old from Kaplan for taking over the limit shrimp agents also cited one for failing to return his bycatch to the water immediately Agents provided uh, extra patrol efforts this week over in the Rockefeller Refuge, uh, which is in Cameron and Vermilion Parishes out there on Highway 82, uh, Louisiana Highway 82. Uh, The daily limit of shrimp on Rockefeller Refuge is 25 pounds per vehicle vessel per day. Uh, Agents found these subjects in possession of more than 25 pounds of shrimp while on the refuge. Agents also found that some of the subjects made multiple trips to the refuge in a single day agencies well over a few hundred pounds of shrimp and donated them to the local charity. Wish we could have gotten them to give some to the St. Francis Diner yeah, who would needs have been some nice. food uh, at all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, violating rules and regulations on the refuge carries up to a $350 fine and the men may also face some civil restitution for the replacement of the shrimp that were taken over the limit. So folks, man, I mean, uh, that's something you've got to be careful of. You know, They do have limits. You've got to maintain that. You've got to read. I mean, it's accessible as the Wildlife and Fisheries uh, website is to look up yeah. what the regulations are and all, and maybe they didn't have a scale. I don't know, but uh, yeah. well, you know, for shrimping uh, anyway. Uh, you think they'd have uh, some idea of what that is? Yes, yeah, sir. Reg- You're right. Anyway, uh, the tides today uh, for Friday, the seventh of October. The sun rose. Boys, get later and later. And I was pulled in here. It was okay. still dark. Oh, yeah. Sun rose at seven o four. It's sunset's going to be at six forty six tonight. Uh, In the high and low tide chart, we can see that the first high tide was at 332 this morning. The next high tide will be at 201 p.m. this afternoon. The first low tide will be about a little over an hour away at 858 a.m. And the next low tide at 904 p.m. Uh, this evening. (coughs) Elsewhere, tomorrow, the 8th of October, the sun will rise at 7.05 and set at 7.45. We lost another two minutes of sunlight. In the high and low tide chart, we see that the first high tide will be at 3.47 a.m., the next high tide at 3.20 p.m., and the first low tide will be at 9.28 this morning, or I should say Saturday morning, and the next low tide at 9.54 p.m. Saturday evening. On Sunday, the 9th of October, Sunrise at 7.06, sunset at 6.44. In the high and low tide chart, we can see that the first high tide will be at 4.01 a.m. The next high tide uh, on Sunday at 4.33 p.m. The first low tide will be at 10.02 a.m. Sunday morning and the next low tide at 10.41 p.m. Uh, Sunday evening, the average water temperature in Southwest Pass Vermilion Bay took a little dip there, Rick, with the cooler weather and a lack of heat at 73 degrees. So that's Tuesday. good. It that, that yep. dropped from five degrees from last Friday, yep. so uh,
1: and it 30. won't be long, Tony. Around what 5:30, it'll be dark. I mean, that's, that's right. That's and the
0: time's going to change. Fall I think. Yep. I think I'm looking at my calendar. I think November the the seventh, maybe fifth, sixth, yep. or seventh. Somewhere in there that weekend, so. Uh, Won't be long. Uh, you're right about that. So it'll be darker quickly, and uh, the sun will at least rise a little bit early. I feel for those kids that stand out there for the school buses yep. in the dark. You know, uh, a lot of people driving around heading to work. So watch those children uh, getting ready to get on those school buses. Uh, anyway, uh, remember, uh, Rick, uh, uh, without our sponsors, man, uh, we appreciate these people. Yeah, Rick. you're right. We've got to thank our sponsors, Alamo Hydraulics,
1: Dolce, Heating and Cooling, Coca-Cola, The Quarter Tavern, and Home Run Pizza. And our motto was always, Rick. Kids that hunt and fish don't steal and deal.